Hi, this is Karina Ganter's host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. I'm your host, Karina Gantus, award-winning author of 14 books, award-winning filmmaker, booktuber, YouTuber. I have the podcast and the videocast Behind the Pen, and I'm also the host of the Author Assist show on the Artist First Radio Network, and I run Author Assist, which helps authors with their marketing, promotion, and everything in between. It's still NAPOD POMO time, which means I'm doing a podcast every day, recording, editing, and posting. And my guest for today is Sean Claven. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you for having me. Now, I hear an accent. So whereabouts in this big old world are you? I'm in Johannesburg, South Africa. Is it... Is Johannesburg the capital? Uh, I don't actually think Pretoria is the capital. <laughs> Pass. I just, I, I just know. No, I, of... think, I think Pretoria is the capital, which is not far from me. Right, right. I just know of the the place, uh, Johannesburg. I don't know if I knew someone from there or whatever. So, but you're not. I mean, I can hear the accent, the African accent, but I can also hear another one. That would be the British side of my family. <laughs> wow. So, wow. So you live in South Africa now, but you were born in, in Britain. Uh, my dad was born in Britain. I just have citizenship. I've been there um, to see my sister who lives there. Oh, right. Lovely. Wow, South Africa. So first question I ask all my guests, I will ask you, what do you use your pen for, Sean? Ah, uh, <laughs> an interesting question. Um, like my actual pen, I plot a lot. I like to get comfy on the bed uh, with an, a notepad, and I like to hand write my plots out. I'm a pantser. I can't plot. My plot is all in my head. Uh, I think the only things that I write down um, in plot-wise would probably be the motorbike that belongs to this member and this member's got that kind of motorbike so you don't get them mixed up later on when you you read it because well, the readers pick it up straight away i didn't say i stick to my plot <laughs> i love it <laughs> so you are a author or a non-fiction writer i am a horror author. you write horror Wow. So where did that fascination for horror start from? How young were you? I, it was a complete accident. <laughs> I was trying to write a fantasy novel. And horror just jumped in. I was trying to write in. a fantasy novel and my characters decided they wanted me to kill things. So I killed things and then people liked my books. So I was like, I'm just going to write about everything that scares me because I'm a very, very big coward everything scares me <laughs> so i write about what scares me and apparently what scares me scares other, other people. people yeah so, so uh, you use do you use a, a genre like fantasy science fiction romance and then put horror into it or do you class yourself as a horror writer and maybe a subgenre? i i think i'm a horror writer but there's no subgenre i specifically fit into like my books each book can go into a different subgenre of horror. That's so Except cool. Except 
probably Splatterpunk. I don't do Splatterpunk. I don't think I have the skill to write Splatterpunk, which is the really gory, really, really gruesome, really gross horror. Oh my god! The only thing with punk on the end that I know of is steampunk. I've never heard of splatterpunk before. But then I'm not a horror writer, is so a, a big wave at the moment. Really? It's a very big thing in the <laughs> horror section. Uh, people are so down in their cells over everything that's happened that they're getting into horror. Um, so you write about clowns and you write about circuses and spiders and I write about asylums and psycho doctors and people who skin you to make you a dress and that sounds like uh, silence of the lambs that one wow so I mean you said it was an accident because you were writing a fantasy but you must have been quite a um, a fan of horror films at least I am a fan of horror films despite the fact they terrify me I I love the adrenaline rush from watching a horror film my housemates constantly moan at me because I'll watch a horror film and then they have to walk me to my bedroom because I'm scared (laughs) I was a huge fan of horror films um VHS time Uh, I had all the tapes of every single horror film and then I had a child and I couldn't watch another one. My fear factor disappeared. It went from 10 to nil. Um, I just couldn't watch them anymore. I'd throw all the tapes away. And when they're on telly, you know, everyone's talking about something and I really want to watch it, but I won't because it's about dolls or it's about clowns. And I'm like, no, I'm not going there. And no, there's always no. inevitably a child involved. It's inevitable. There's always a child somewhere in the film. I don't know. I think it's being a mother. It changes you. It changes your way of how you, you see things. And uh, I don't know, kind of maybe a protection around yourself. So, you know, you don't have that fear. So it stops you from watching horror films. But going back to horror films, and I used to, like I said, be a big fan. What's one of your favorites? Way um, back. Not way back new that I wouldn't have heard two specific miniseries and that's uh, Rose Red which was written by and produced by Stephen King and I don't like the Shining movie I like the Shining miniseries because it was closer to the book okay well I can't stand Stephen King Um, I cannot read his books I love his movies but I cannot read his books I find his books so difficult to get into um, he's he's so flowery with his writing. I said this in uh, the podcast yesterday. So sorry, anyone's listening. I'm sorry for repeating myself. Um, but yeah, Stephen King is, is a no-no for me, but I do love his books. Um, the Shining, um, the twins terrified me. And I think that's all I really took from that film. It didn't do much else for me. Um, See, I didn't like the film because it wasn't true to the story. The story maybe. was so much yeah like there were no twins in the original ah and like it was more like a descent into the father's madness it was very good oh well i'll take your word for it yeah yeah i'll take your word for it on that and the other one um i've seen rosemary's baby the the old black i think it was black and white but it was a long long time ago um but i didn't know that stephen king did Rose Red is actually based on um, Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. 
Oh, well, I've heard they of have, that. I've seen that. I've seen the film. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've asked him, they asked him to do a screenplay on it. And the same year, another production company brought at um, The Haunting of Hill House with Liam Neeson. So he changed his to be right. about a different haunted house. Oh, I see. And if you watch it now, it's kind of silly because like the effects are so old and it's like they look like the ghosts look like puppets. What, but the the, the haunting that. of Hill House? Yeah, so uh, it, the series is called Rose Red and it's all about, it's similar to The Haunting of Hill House. It's all about a haunted house. And it's the creepiest house because everything changes in it constantly. Like you walk into one room and when you walk back out, you're not in the same room again. Yeah, that's a bit different from what I've seen. Yeah, I've seen The Hill on Haunted House. I've got that on DVD thing. I think I've got that on DVD. I've still got a big collection of films on DVD. I just will not put them in the DVD player. <laughs> So what about authors? I know you're a fan of Stephen King, but who else? Anne Rice, definitely. Mm -hmm. Although she does lean more towards gothic romance. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a horror element to her, and I do enjoy I I specifically enjoy her um, Witches of Mayfair series. Mm. Um, more so than her vampire books. And other than that, I, have, I love um, Tony Cox, who did the, uh, the Elemental Saga. She's an indie author. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Ashley Janocker, who's a dark romance author. And probably my other favorite, favorite of all time is Rick Riordan for YA fantasy. So you do like reading all different genres then. When you say dark romance, how dark are we going? Very uncomfortably dark. <laughs> okay. You have to read my book, Broken Chains. It's my bestseller. Okay. Yeah, it's a dark mafia romance. So if you like violence and abuse and murder and torture and things like that, you'll yeah. you'll enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> you have to check that out. Broken Chains. Back to you, my darling. How old were you when you published your first book? I was twenty nine when I published my first book um which was five years ago and you're an indie author yes have you ever thought about you know trying to, to submit did you when you first started or did you go straight into indie and just stay no, indie? I knew I was going to be an indie author from the beginning I, I knew straight away I I was a reviewer I ran a, a blog um and I met a whole bunch of indie authors and I had wanted to be a, an author my whole life Mm. And when I met these authors, um, they told me about indie publishing. And I was like, oh, I like that idea. So I wrote a book. <laughs> so you just wrote a book. Yeah, I like that. Um, this was, uh, you said, five years ago. So Kindle was out then. So you went straight to ebook. Did you go straight to the Amazon or did you go wide? I initially went straight to Amazon um, for an inter-KDP selection. Yeah. And how have you been doing lately with your other books? Are you still only with Amazon or have you gone wide with them? I have I have other genres that I write that I've gone wide with which is sci-fi and I do murder, murder mysteries. See you're not just a, see, when I asked you if you horror I was thinking you just write horror but you don't you do write fantasy and you do write do you use a pen name or same name? Uh, same name for those and then I have a pen name where I secretly write romance. <laughs> Of that kind of romance, uh, wink, wink. 
Ah, uh, not terrible romance. Mostly romant- romantic suspense. Well, why and use it? Why did you change and use a pen name for that if it's not erotica? I didn't want to confuse my because my main genre is horror. Like the other books are very minimal and very far between. Okay, but but I'm sure that your fans read your other books as well because not. There's not many readers that go just one genre and stick to it all their life, you know. If they like an author, they'll check out their other books. I'm prolific. I I started with my biker thrillers, and and then I went on to a YA fantasy, a total jump over. And then it went from short stories to erotica dystopian, and then back to young adult supernatural, and then back to dark mafia romance. So I go from one end to the other, you know. So it's no, it's good that you you uh, you try different genres because you're going to have the passion for one of them, and you're going to want to write more books when you get that. It's like you're addicted to this genre, and you have to watch all of the films, you have to read all of the books until you're you're so. Um, sated that you're ready to write your own that's the thing um that's why I I wanted to write the sci-fi book because I was very much on a sci-fi kick (laughs) my friend had just uh, showed me the movie Jupiter Ascending oh yeah and Valerian and I was like I'm on a sci-fi kick I have a good idea for a sci-fi book those books don't sell well um they're more like a like a hobby project for me like I published them but there for fun. Sci-fi um, is is for me. I mean, I have uh, clients that write sci-fi. It is a difficult sell, even though it's popular. It is difficult to to promote and to get readers from it, and, and to d- definitely get to reviews. How are you doing with your book reviews? I mean, are readers leaving reviews? Are you begging for them? You don't care. <laughs> um, it's kind of half half most of my readers like I do get new reviews every month but it's not as many as I would like or as many as as the sales I have mm. so if I have 10 if I just for example sell 10 books in a day I'll only get two reviews out of that if I'm lucky oh gosh you would be lucky I did a a free-for-all I think I'd done my biggest one was a nearly 15,000 downloads and and I it was free downloads, mind you, fifteen thousand downloads on a on a freebie, and I think I got maybe ten reviews out of that <laughs> because it's I a free don't... book. They put it on their Kindle, they forget about it. It goes down yeah. the bottom of the list, put more and more yeah. on top. It never gets read, so nobody ever reads it or reviews it. I had the same thing when I first started out. The second book I ever wrote um, was the first in a series called The Butcher Box. And it was about a serial killer and a ghost. And I did a freebie. And like, it was the first time I did a freebie. And I got 2,000 downloads. And I was so chuffed with myself. It took me five years to get 50 reviews on that. Yeah, yeah. I've got 50 on my young adult fantasy. And that was... That was published in 2016, I think. So you readers out there that are listening to this and watching this, review your books. Yes, please. <laughs> you don't understand how important it is. It really is important. Um, not that I... I get I, a unicorn. <laughs> not that I want to, to read reviews. I try, I try not to read reviews. I just like to know that I've 
got them. <laughs> I love reading reviews, good or bad. Um, the worse, the better. I had one review that was so bad, I rewrote an entire book and republished it. Just from one review? From one review, because he hit, he hit all the notes. He was completely honest, and I knew I'd rushed the book. So I took it down. I rewrote the entire book. I had wow. re-edited. I recovered. And I put it back up and I messaged him and I told him that he needs to read it now. I, he never got back to me, but I was satisfied. <laughs> but you see, I would do that if four people said the same thing. I wouldn't go to all that trouble for one person's I think opinion. it was because I was already feeling that way and someone complained. All right. <clears throat> when I hit publish, I was like, this is not my best work, but I don't want to lose my pre-order status. <laughs> So when the people don't know there, about that, the first three reviews were great. The first three reviews, everyone was like, this is a great story, you know, awesome story, Sean, well done. Um, but his review came in and he was like, you stop just before the action got good. <laughs> like, it's too short, it's too this, it's too that. And I was like, he's confirming everything I felt I have to. And I, uh. I did it in a month. I rewrote it in a, and re-edited and recovered in a month. Do you do your own editing or do you put it out? I have an awesome editor who is very kind and knows that I'm last minute Nelly. <laughs> so I will send it to her like a week before pre because I, I can't edit. I um with my ADHD, I can't reread things I write. It, it just I can't do it. Uh, so I've got a really great editor who edits it, and then I've got a really good proofreader who proofs it for me. And between them, my book comes out very nice <laughs> so, so with your condition you write the first draft and that's it the first draft goes to the editor you that's you it. can't print it out and sit there and read it and edit go through it and wow like I literally can't it's like it's I can't focus on it it's the most literally the most boring thing to me in the world I've written the story I know how it ends I'm over it Wow. Well, what about when your book's published and you get the copy? Did you read that at all any time? The only time I've ever once reread one of my books, uh, it was Buried, which is my bestseller. And it was because I did an audio book. Mm. And it was the first time I was doing an audio book and I didn't know you got audio proof. So I read it while he recorded it. And I listened to him and I made sure that he got the story right. After that, I just got audio proofers to do it because I really can't. Wow. Are all really of your books in, in audio? Uh, the Butcher Book series is and Buried is. I'm thinking of doing the Asylum series, but I have a sneaky suspicion that ACX might ban me for that one. Uh, why? Um, it has very, very graphic scenes mm -hmm. <laughs> like I go as insane as possible when I write um not shock value so much as it's so logical yeah to for that for that thing to happen, to happen yeah um, but it's gonna like sewing appendages to other appendages and things like that and mm. um I make it so logical and people often complain because they feel uncomfortable because it makes sense yeah <laughs> do you ever get so ne negative time... reviews because they don't they can't cope with your horror like oh I picked this up but I didn't think it would be so scary or uh, I can't read this anymore I only got halfway and 
I haven't had many of those. I haven't had many of those reviews. I've had a few. The worst review I ever got is a funny one. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I write every Christmas for the last three years. Mm-hmm. I've written a 10,000 word short story that's only available on ebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Demon Cat series. So every Christmas I feature a cat in a story okay. that is demonic. Wonderful. The first time I published this book, um, it got raving reviews. Everyone loves the Demon Cat series. But one lady. Um, Who's a cat lover? She was not upset because the cat was demonic. She wasn't upset because the cat killed people. She was upset because in the very beginning of the story, my main character loses a cat and immediately adopts another one. I am a horrible person. Oh, how could you do that? And she gave me a one star and said that I'm an animal abuser and I do not know cats and I do not love animals. Oh yeah, my god! Oh my god! What did you do? You put like... in all caps and everything. I was like, I'm posting <gasps> oh my, my god! I send it out in my newsletter every now and then just to remind people my demon cat series is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I got a what did I get a one star review for? Um, oh yeah it was um my my publisher penned because I'm published self-published and hybrid my publisher penned my book as a clean YA um it's got no graphic sex in it it's the doors are open there is a uh a mention of um uh copulating uh two couples um but nothing descriptive just that they went inside and uh, held each other and that was it and it was um oh uh, I wish I never bought this book it's a waste of money it's supposed to be clean it was disgusting and my my publisher was like well she thinks kissing is disgusting and it's just it was just so weird the way people react sometimes over things and she thinks that disgusting she doesn't want to read broken chains the thing about <laughs> broken chains i was please so worried read any of my books please oh my god yeah <laughs> I, I was so worried when it came out because it was something different and a lot darker than what my readers were used to so i made sure that the blurb told them what they were going to get that the cover told them exactly what they were going to get. The cover's so bad that Amazon won't allow me to do ads on it. It's not that it's naked or anything. It's the other side. So so I couldn't, if you want to do ads, you have to change your cover. I'm not changing my cover. This book's been translated into four languages. I think I'm going to change my cover now. Um, So, but uh, yeah, I think a blurb and a cover should give away what, the reader's going to expect especially if it's a horror and something that might be shocking or too gruesome for some people with the cover it should give that obvious oh this is what you're going to be reading over who does your yeah, covers very, um my covers are done by a variety of cover designers mm-hmm. um i'd say my top my favorite favorites are Francesca Wingfield from Wingfield Designs. She does a lot. She does my sci-fi covers as well. Um, and uh, Jay here from Simply Defined Art does amazing covers. Um, and there are others that I have used that are a lot of amazing cover designers out mm-hmm. there. Um, but I, you are very right. My covers have to be on point. And yeah. 
is oftentimes I have to include trigger warnings. Um, the, not for the usual triggers. I won't though. do Normally that. People... I refuse to do that. And still, Stephen, <laughs> until Stephen King puts trigger warnings on his book, just because I'm an indie author, I shouldn't be penalised for not putting them. Uh. My trigger warnings are not the usual ones. It's not like I go um, trigger warning. Wah, wah, wah. It's more trigger warning. I'm not a racist. I'm not a homophobe. You These shouldn't are just aspects need to... of a story. Yeah, Sean, you shouldn't need to do that, darling. I have to, hey, because oh, that's ridiculous. People turn it into such an issue. They'll cancel. They'll cancel me, and I'm small enough to cancel. This <laughs> like is... I've got, I've got a nice following, and but I've seen what readers can do. I know I've, I've had trolls. Side yes, I, I've got you. I've had trolls as well. I know what goes on. It's just that we shouldn't be pushed. We shouldn't be forced into a, a box like that. We shouldn't have to what? label ourselves as I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. It's a book. Read it. It's a story. Read his books, read her books. They don't get into trouble for doing having a character who's a racist in the book. Yeah, yeah. It's only because we're my, indies. My biggest thing is that if you don't like these aspects of things, why are you reading my genre? Mm. You seek out, for example, your dark romance. You're looking for a dark romance. Dark romance is very clearly defined in what it encompasses. Mm-hmm. Why do you seek out that book if you're going to just attack the author for having those things in there? Yeah, exactly. I, I, but it's people, only it's only indie authors that are the ones getting attacked. Those that uh, are mainstream, those that are best-selling authors, New York Times. I mean, you don't see anyone attacking Colleen. <sighs> you know what I think it is, my personal opinion? It's because indie authors are so much more accessible. Um, we have reader groups. We very much in touch with our fans. We I'm are in touch with our fans. Aren't, yeah. But we are more personal with our fans. So if we do something that upsets our, upsets our fans, they take it as a personal attack. Yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from on that. It's because we're out there. They can get in touch with us anytime through social media, whereas others keep themselves away from social media and may just have a, a Twitter account but won't allow people to follow them or stuff like that. Um, yeah, we are far too, I think we are far too open. Um, for authors that are taking their career seriously, that are going to be writing books for the next 10 years, we've got to look in a different way now. We've got to... Um, I think we need to seriously think about getting together with, with a few other authors and having a discussion because it's not going to change with one person making a change, you know? Yeah. Um, we shouldn't have to hide. We shouldn't have to be scared. We should be able to write what we want to write with, if there's a law for that. Um, but why is it we're the ones getting penalised because we give too much of ourselves out there to the public and we've got to exactly. tone ourselves back. We've got to pull ourselves back. St stick with a reader's group maybe and, and just pull ourselves back from social media yeah. because that's how we're getting attacked so easily is because, you, like you said, we're accessible. Yeah, don't friend your readers. Keep them in a, in a group and keep your posts professional because... The minute you befriend them, 
it, it creates a sense of entitlement. Yeah. They are entitled to your time. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Let's um go back to your books. I mean, what was your latest release? Uh, my latest release was a voodoo book called The Priestess. Ooh, voodoo. Um, it's set in New Orleans. Of course. <laughs> and it follows my um, main character, Chantal, who discovers that she's the descendant of a voodoo queen. So, and then really weird things start happening, which is the premise of all my books it's all okay and then really weird things <laughs> so how many books have you got published now in all these different genres I think I counted 25 wow and that's in the last five years yeah oh my god I've got some catching up to do <laughs> um to be fair my first two three years I wrote really short books mm. so it's only the last two years I've been writing longer books how long are we talking? How many pages or words? Um, initially between thirty and forty thousand. Um, more lately, fifty to sixty thousand. Mm, that's more novel length. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So, what are you working on now? What's next for Sean? Um, I'm working on a sequel in my short stories collection. Uh, so my first one was The Watcher. And he is a he is a supernatural being that observes supernatural occurrences in the various parts of Earth. Ooh. So it's basically a collection of short stories from his perspective. He's watching these people and these weird oh, things wow. that are happening. So this is the continuation of that. He's now nah, this is the next. That sounds set of exciting. Stories. Yeah. I like I like the I like the idea of that. I have one short story called The Watcher, and he watches this person all the way through her life because that is his soulmate and so he jumps in when he's allowed to jump in but she has to go through so much to become who she was supposed to be who she was put on the earth to be and uh, yeah that's 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 a short story so where can people find your books sean uh on amazon um you can search sean b clavin and um that's (laughs) s-i-a-n um and all my books are there. They're all available. Um, and my website is www.shanbclavin.com. I will have those links uh, underneath in the description of the video cast and the podcast. And on social media, where can people find you to start bugging you? My the most the place I most engage with people is Facebook. I have mm-hmm. a group called Nightmares and Space Hikers. I'm joining. <laughs> and uh we like to we like to joke in that group we like to post things in that group i do a lot of arcs um i don't have an arc team i literally send my arcs to everyone in my group and i'm like first 50 to grab it go oh wow that's cool as long as it's understandable that they have to leave a review when the book yeah. finally comes out <laughs> yeah who needs to pay to 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 go to an arc team it's good when you've got your people around you and you can guarantee that they're going to uh give you a proper uh, assessment as we'll say yeah see i use i use book Sprout so i can set my arcs that if you haven't left a review for the last arc you took you, you are can't not getting take an arc yeah yeah yeah, that's good. Well, Sean, I could speak with you for hours and hours, but our time's run out, unfortunately. We're going to have to do this again soon. Um, it's been so. It's been wonderful meeting you. Um, 
you're such a character it's so been... nice to meet you yeah <laughs> I wish you all the best with uh, the rest of your books and your writing and um we will talk again real soon have a fabulous time and thank you for having me you're welcome my darling Hey folks, you're listening to the podcast Behind the Pen. Behind the Pen brings you fun and entertaining interviews by amazing creatives. And if you'd like to support and keep the podcast going, you can donate via my Linktree page. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash Karina Gantus or small letters. Every dollar helps me share my platform with these amazing artists. Don't forget to follow like and review the podcast your support means everything